I know we usually begin this day exclaiming, Happy Easter! But it feels like a a rather strange greeting, given the state of the world. All those years ago, that, that early morning probably didn't feel much like Easter for those first followers either. Can you try to imagine it? I'm guessing it felt like needling fear and the exhaustion that accompanies all-consuming grief. They were separated from their wider community as they hid away, worried that the authorities might come for them next. It felt like the profound loneliness of having lost the one they loved most. And still, still these women venture out. In Matthew's Gospel, it's Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and John, just them. The sun is beginning to rise, faintly filtering in through the trees. It's that hour when light is strange and wonderful and maybe a little disconcerting. Three days Jesus has been gone. And these women walk through the cool dawn to see the tomb. We don't really hear why they come. Was it to anoint his body? Or just plainly to see? to show themselves that this really happened. My heart aches with them as they make their way to see that, yes, it's really over. Death has taken him. Much of this season, the season of pandemic, is characterized by this aching the weary, plodding work of witnessing great suffering, of reading those latest numbers of COVID-19 nearby and all around the globe. It is so much to take in. Even as our neighbors organize and friends reach out and communities rally to support our healthcare workers, Even still, that collective pain hangs in the air. It lingers like a shroud. I get what the Marys are doing, making their way to the tomb at dawn. That's much of what we are living right now. I was feeling that dull weight of communal grief this past week when I registered yet another thing that wasn't happening as we shelter in place. Every year on the Tuesday of Holy Week, all the clergy in the diocese gather at Grace Cathedral for what's called the Chrism Mass. 
There we renew the vows we made at our ordination, and the bishop blesses chrism, the the fragrant oil used at baptism for us to all bring back to our congregations. It's wild to make the trek into San Francisco this week of all weeks, but that's part of why it matters so much. For a couple of hours, we slow down together. We remember what's important, and we recommit ourselves to the heart of this work. And so it was this past Tuesday, as I was working in my makeshift home office, I sighed, realizing what day it was. It it takes some time to figure out what day it is right now. I recognized where that meant I should be with all these dear friends. It was minor, really, but it reminded me of all the rest, the, the missed senior springs and the businesses shutting down and all the lonely deaths in the ICUs. So much is broken and hurting right now. It's not supposed to be this way. I don't believe this is what God wants or designs. And still, the women leave home in the dark and come to the tomb. They go to the place that holds their pain most profoundly. And when they arrive, the whole earth quakes. Everything is cracked wide open. Not just the earth shaking so much as to roll this boulder away from the mouth of the cave. These women are broken open as well. Even in their fear and their grief, they encounter this new hope. They hear the word that something else is happening, something new. Even as their fear remains, they set off at a run. New space opened up in themselves for joy. It's there that they meet the risen Christ. Sometimes this encounter with the Holy One comes in spite of ourselves. It comes while we are still stuck in fear and grief, well before we have opened ourselves up to that joy. On Tuesday, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. Some of it justified, some of it not at all. But I was tired. I was missing my friends. I was struggling with this new setup of working from home while homeschooling. And my, my children, they're five and eight years old now, they were really hungry. And I was just finally getting around to making them lunch. I hadn't even bothered with Uh, the live stream from Grace Cathedral, it felt like it just wasn't going to work. 
but something, something tugged at me. And on a whim, I grabbed my laptop and I set it on my crowded, messy kitchen counter. The service was already halfway over when I pulled it up. Bishop Mark was well into his sermon as I began slicing bell peppers and cheddar cheese. I was just putting butter into a hot pan when Mark began the great thanksgiving, the prayer before communion. I found myself instinctively joining in the responses, being pulled into the prayer, even from that frenetic space of my kitchen. I wasn't watching, really, but I began listening more. There is a point in the prayer when the presider asks God to bless the bread and the wine. And it, it was just after that, when I heard Mark pray that God would sanctify us also. And I felt my greasy hands rise to my heart. This gesture of prayer I have made, I don't even know how many times now. I realized I was being broken open once again. Standing disheveled in my kitchen, trying not to burn these long-awaited grilled cheese sandwiches. Even here, the risen one was arriving again, blessing my weariness and bringing grace into my mess. These sandwiches were not the Eucharist. But I perceived anew the, the way that God hallows these most mundane acts. How even the work that leaves us weary can be made sacred. God arrives here in the messiness of our lives, here in our grief and our fear, and breaks us open. In that moment, my fear of how we will all manage this painful season was joined by the joy that there is new life here as well. I think this might be one of those years when we realize what Easter is and maybe what it isn't. Maybe we don't need the fabulous outfits and egg hunts and glorious flowers. Now, don't get me wrong, I love those. I, I put my son in this, this blue seersucker suit with a bow tie last year, and it was fantastic. These traditions are delightful. I long for a time when we can celebrate with such full-hearted festivities again. But maybe this Easter is as Easter as it gets. Tired and sad, and watching all the ways the world is being crushed. So much of it is beyond our control. And yet, 
Even in that, we see glimmers of hope, of new life, of the promise of God with us, of Christ moving among us again and still. This Easter, we are called into the hope that death does not have the final word, that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not a wayward empire, not a pandemic, not even death. This is what that first Easter felt like, I think. Still tired, still afraid, still numb from the loss, and yet astonished by this joy that returns. In Easter, it can all be true at once. So maybe it's not so very much a, a happy Easter kind of day. But there is joy, even while the fear remains. There is the awe that Christ is risen. It is enough to crack the whole world wide open open to the new life that is already on its way.